Bleeding in the Dark is hosted by Pastor Barbara Green. She has a heart for the people as well as for the leaders. Pastor Barbara Green understands what it means to live in poverty. Her work in ministry, as charged by God, is to help his people, those that have fallen on hard times and just need a hand up. But then there are the leaders who have been charged just like her to uplift the people who are struggling. Pastor Barbara gets those calls that no one else knows about because the leaders have to be strong for the ones that they are leading, but they themselves are bleeding in the dark. That is why Pastor Barbara Green has named her new podcast, Bleeding in the Dark, to support leaders who are struggling with a new vision and a new platform that God has given Pastor Barbara. She hopes to support and encourage leaders who are leading in the spotlight by day and bleeding in the dark at night. Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Barbara Green. I'm the host of Bleeding in the Dark podcast. Thank you all so much for joining in on this podcast. I am super excited because I have an awesome guest with me today. And what's so amazing about this man of God we are both from the same city and state, which is Pantherburn, Mississippi. I thank God for Reverend Anthony Brownlow. He is the assistant church administrator at the historical Alfred Street Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. He serves alongside the senior pastor, Dr. Howard John Wesley, and the church administrator, Deacon Lolita Yomans, in managing the day-to-day operation of this church, which was founded in 1803. Reverend Brownlow has been on staff full-time since October 19, 2015. Proud to become an assistant church administrator, he served in the finance department and the ministry program department. Reverend Brownlow was ordained in June 2018 and licensed in July 2012 at Afro Street. He received a Master of Divinity and an MBA from Howard University in Washington, D.C. in May 2015. He was the first individual to graduate with this dual degree combination in the university history. My God, what an accomplishment, Reverend Brownlow. Prior to attending graduate school full-time in 2011, Reverend Brownlow was employed by the Federal Judicial Center in Washington, D.C., a sub-agency of the U.S. Court Administrative Office. He holds a Bachelor of Science degree from Mississippi Valley State University in Itabena, Mississippi and is a proud member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, Inc. Thank you so much, Reverend Brownlow, for joining me on this podcast. I'm going to turn it over to you now. Hey, good afternoon or evening, Reverend Green. I First, let me say uh, thank you uh, for those wor- wonderful words of introduction. Uh, but in addition, uh, thank you for affording me an opportunity to sit or to uh, participate in this particular platform. And uh, finally, uh, I look forward to uh, this moment. And uh, our goal, of course, uh, whenever we have an opportunity to wrestle with the word, uh, it's not only to sort of like express our intellect, but it's uh, the opportunity, or I look at it as an opportunity to uh, be utilized as a tool or vehicle uh, for the Most High God. So prior to, uh, of course, getting uh, fully immersed into the conversation, uh, I think it would be appropriate uh, to pause and utter a uh, brief word of prayer. And so with that said, uh, let us pause and still our hearts. Uh, To the Most High God, we are 
thankful uh, for get this opportunity to uh, participate uh, on this particular broadcast. Uh, God, we understand and we're grateful that you know our individual names. And not only do you know our individual names, you know our individual needs. So God, we invite you into this moment uh, as we uh, park uh, in this hour to wrestle with the word. And so God, uh, help us or help me uh, to be careful uh, that I might be uh, a uh, tool that draws many to thee and not an instrument that uh, forces or pushes others uh, away. Thank you, God, for this very moment, for Reverend Green and all of those who are associated with putting on uh, this particular platform. In your son Jesus' name, we pray, amen. So, uh, and uh, considering a topic uh, for this very hour, uh, I, I really uh, sort of got hit or touched or my heart was pricked uh, around Easter time, uh, back on eight, April 12th. Yeah, that would be the Easter, April 12th. Uh, just, you know, thinking or reflecting uh, because of course uh, we were fully immersed into uh, the uh, pandemic or COVID-19. And so uh, I was in the midst of just wrestling with, you know, or wrestling and reflecting on my walk with God, uh, what God was revealing to me, how God had been transforming me. And so in doing so, uh, I had this epiphany and it was all around the idea or thought process of, you know, how God moves. And so in considering how God moves, uh, this, this thought or, subject came to mind that the, the Bible uh, is full of paradoxes. So uh, I want to label this particular uh, exchange as paradoxes in the Bible. And so uh, what's amazing uh, about the paradoxes in the Bible is when you consider the term paradox, uh, of course, the first thing that comes to your mind is, you know, polar opposites. Uh, that's, you know, just right off the, you know, just right off the cusp, it's just there. Uh, but you have to also consider uh, not only just opposites, but, you know, think about how uh, when you have a situation where you wrestle with something that's opposite, you don't just sort of run through uh, that moment. You, you pause and you really reflect on, you sort of lift up the two elements that could be that could be considered opposite, even if it's two individuals. And so, uh, at the outset, I'd like us to just really think about, you know, how you know God can sometimes be, you know, countercultural or a contradiction. And so, and I would, you know, ask you to just visit Exodus 14 um, on in your free time, and you know, look at or consider this. How, you know, God in Exodus 14 in, in, in the same scene is saving the Hebrews and he's also wiping out the Egyptian army. That in itself is, you know, in the same scene, that in itself just is transpiring, you know, that in itself is just a contradiction. Like in one instance, God is saving a group of people. Uh, 
but in the same instance, God is taking out a group of people. Uh, and so uh, I just wanted to paint that picture to sort of like give you some perspective on where we'll be going, uh, but to sort of reinforce that which I've already spoke of, uh, let's 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 consider Acts twenty and thirty five, um, receiving through giving, uh, or John twelve and twenty four, uh, living through dying, and and then you know finally uh, let's look at Matthew's five and six verses, uh, John six and thir- uh, six, yeah, the sixth chapter in the thirty fifth verse, blessed are those who are hungry versus no one who comes to me will ever be hungry. Uh, That sort of just sort of like establishes uh, this whole idea and this whole thought process around paradoxes, opposites. But, you know, don't get so enamored with just polar opposites. Uh, Maybe we should dig a little deeper and think about, you know, what else is there? Not only are they, you know, opposites, but maybe there's something God is trying to reveal to us when God presents these opposites. Maybe, you know, as I mentioned earlier, God is trying to get us to pause and really consider what's in the midst of the fray. Uh, And so what I'd like to do at this particular moment is read from Genesis 41 verses 51 through 52. Uh, So, and it reads as follows. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in a land of affliction. Uh, So let's hang out right there on that last sentence about God has made me fruitful in the land of affliction. Here again uh, is a paradox. Uh, Traditionally, uh, historically, in our own respective lives, we don't ever think that we're going to be fruitful in a land of affliction. Uh, And so here in the midst of this particular text, Uh, we can see uh, a relationship that Joseph is talking about. Uh, And I think the interesting thing about it is Joseph is kind of like, you know, conveying to us as readers, you know, why he's named his sons, what he's named his sons. Um, And at first glance, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of meat there. Uh, But if you slow it down, and start thinking about the fact that he talks about naming his first son Manasseh because God made him forget what his brothers did to him. And then of course he travels a little further and he talks about naming Ephraim, Ephraim, God made him fruitful in the land of affliction. And so it thinks at first, you know, at first glance you would think, oh, he's sort of like reflecting about what God has done for him. Uh, But I would suggest to you uh, that Joseph is actually having a conversation with his sons. And not only is he having a conversation with his sons, he's actually speaking about God's, his relationship with God, uh, with his sons. And so 
he's actually sort of like, uh, no, he is, I would suggest that he is uh, revealing to his sons uh, his walk with God and not only his individual walk, but he's giving you a history of his life. And not only does he do that, but the beautiful thing about it is it's a dual moment. Every time he thinks about his son, Manasseh, he thinks about what God has done for him. But also every time he thinks of his son, Ephraim, he thinks about what God has done for him. And so he's also painting this picture for his sons that this is the God we serve, a God that will make you fruitful in the land of affliction, but in the same vein, a God that will make you forget about the troubled times that you wrestle with in past days. And so it's an amazing moment here. In the midst of this one, these two verses, Joseph is reflecting on his entire life, but Joseph is also telling his sons about his walk with God. And so I started thinking about, you know, paradoxes as it relates to my own personal life. Uh, and so I, you know, was preparing to graduate from graduate school. I think I was December, it was around Christmas, right before my last semester. And so I normally go home. And when I go home, I go to see my grandfather's grave. And so I had never paid attention to the exact date of my grandfather's death. I knew it was in May. Uh, I knew it was in 1986. And, but on this particular occasion, I was so, something was just pressing me to look down at the specific date. And so uh, I looked there in that graveyard on a cold day in December in Mississippi, in Hollandale, Mississippi. Uh, I looked down at that grave and I saw May 8th, 1986. And I had a moment because I was graduating May 8th, 2015. And so what a paradox. In one season of my life, May 8th, 1986 meant death. But in another segment of my life, May 8th, 2015, meant celebration, birth of new opportunities, and all the amazing things that were to come. And so, Reverend Green, what hit me in that very hour is, this is why you have to keep yourself in the game. Uh, because sometimes, you just don't know what God is doing. Uh, in one moment, if I use my uh, human perspective, my finite uh, perspective, I would think that, you know, May 8th, after May 8th, 1986, you know, that moment will be sad forever. Only to realize that everything in between May 8th, 1986 was preparing me for May 8th, 2015. And so I, my job, as I reflected back on it was to navigate life until I reached May 8th, 2015. But not only would I be navigating life, I would not be navigating life alone. That the God we serve had a vision and a plan for me 
that God knew I needed to get this boy from May 8th, 20, I mean, 1986 to May 8th, 2015. And if I can get this boy from May 8th, 1986 to May 8th, 2015, our relationship will be totally different because he would have seen or he would realize my presence in his walk. And so uh, this thing about paradoxes is amazing. And so that's what I ask uh, and I remind each of you as we start winding down uh, uh, this particular conversation, uh, don't get so enamored with the present moment or what's happening in the present moment. It is clear uh, and I've shown you evidence that God can, you know, be a, a sustainer or God can actually celebrate or raise you up or free you from bondage. And God can also wipe out those who are attempting to enslave you again in the same, uh, in the same framework. But in the same vein, what one day could be the craziest day or a death moment in your very existence, 20 something years, 30 something, 20 something years later, can be a celebratory hour. And so in closing, I'd like to also think, you know, just leave you with the fact that when you think about Jesus, when you think about Mary, and Mary is, you know, a Mary's is a key character, of course, uh, in the New Testament, as well as in the Christian walk, um, Mary becomes pregnant without ever having sex. That, that, that math just never adds up. And not only that, but when you think about Jesus and, you know, Jesus comes down from heaven and is born uh, in a barn, you know, placed in a manger. And that in itself is a contradiction or paradox. And so, uh, I, you know, before you make all of these assessments of your life, of how God sees you, uh, I would encourage every person uh, who is within listening ear of my voice uh, to ask God to assist them in seeing themselves uh, and the possibilities that God has for them through God's lens and not to uh, get so caught up in our present circumstances that we take ourselves out uh, prior to allowing God to reveal some amazing things and putting us in position to be a blessing not on a blessing not only to for us or our individual selves but to all those who are connected with us in some form or fashion. Uh, those are my words that I would like to plant in the existence of your very lives. I am, again, thankful that Reverend Green has afforded me an opportunity to come on this particular platform. Uh, I would like to say, if you ever find yourself uh, in the uh, Washington, D.C. metro area, please uh, stop by 301 Alfred Street uh, and visit us, uh, Pastor Wesley, uh, and the Alfred Street Baptist Church community. 
Uh, and we, of course, uh, we have services on Saturday night uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, we also have service at, on Sunday mornings at 7.30, 9.30, and 11.30 a.m. And Bible study on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, and Akaya worship uh, Bible study first Monday, uh, the first Wednesday of every month. And that takes place at 7.30 on Wednesday nights as well. Uh, again, Reverend Green, thank you so much for affording me an opportunity to sort of like articulate my points about the paradoxes in the biblical text. Hey Amen. Thank you so much, Reverend Brownlow, for such an awesome, awesome, awesome word here. Paradoxes in the Bible here. And we're definitely going to have you to come back and join us at a later date here. But this has been such a blessing here because your schedule, I realize, is so, so busy. But you've taken the time out to come here and to just share with us the paradoxes in the Bible. This concludes our episode with our special guest, Reverend Anthony Brownlow. You can reach me at www.bleedingindedark. If you would like to purchase one of my prayer books that God has blessed me with, you can also reach me at www.bleedingindedark.org and continue to be blessed. You have been listening to Bleeding in the Dark podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. If you missed an episode or would like to share this episode with someone else, you can go to www.bleedingindthedark.org.